Hey everybody, welcome back to the Brews and Belters podcast where we talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. My name is Keegan Gowitz. Tonight I'm drinking um, an Upper Limits New England IPA from Sloop Brewing Company based out of Fishkill, New York. Uh, this is a 7.2 percenter. Oh, Tall man. boy. Yep, yep. Getting up there into dangerous zones. With me as always, Toby Hinefeld. Tobes, how are you? What are you sipping on tonight? Kegs, I'm doing great. Super happy. You're not bleeding right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect. Great. That was uh, that was a that was probably the most adversity I've ever faced doing this podcast. Was yeah. yeah. Seeing my partner bleeding on the other side and not being able to help you that was uh, uh upsetting me. But uh, I got a Pipeworks Brewing Company out of Chicago. It's called Retrace Double IPA. Bunch of different kinds of hops. Uh, there's a Cryo Citra hop. I don't know whatever that means, but eight percent comes in tall boy cans super good i love the graphics on it as well it's kind of looking like uh yeah just really colorful so it's nice 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 i love it i do yeah so we've got uh we've got two weeks here two more pods after this one um before the world cup so tonight we're just going to kind of quick recap of prem um first first leg of the the last round of group stages here for the champions league uh maybe a quick preview for tomorrow and then next week we've got some guests joining us is that correct toby yes uh that is definitely uh gonna be happening next week cool. uh, i think i think as of right now we're i'm still finalizing the schedule but it's looking like uh van and ty burnett are gonna be joining us so beautiful yep couple and- uh couple of chelsea boys yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh, we'll have one more week of World – I mean, I mean other things, but mostly World Cup. It's going to be very driven-focused. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to get deep into the into the swamp of the World Cup and uh, Qatar. Uh, everyone's dropping like flies right now, too. It's kind of kind of disheartening. So Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um, speaking of Hoongmin Sun, um, let's just jump right into, I don't know if you want to start with Prem or Champions League, but let's just jump right into Champions League. That was um, fucking wild today. Yeah. Be, um, just absolute madness for Tottenham. So basically going into the day, set the stage here. You had um, Tottenham, if I remember correctly, at the, the top of the group with eight points. Eintracht Frankfurt and Sporting with seven each. Marseille with six. Tottenham play Marseille. Eintracht and Frank Eintracht and Sporting play against each other. Basically, whoever wins out of those two is through. But if Marseille beat Tottenham, Marseille leapfrog the entire group and go to first. Yeah, there wasn't that many points between each other. Uh, to kind of put it into perspective of how the game went, uh, I mean, Tottenham ended up walking away with a should not have victory uh mm-hmm. they yeah they did not deserve that yeah. uh what's what's funny is marseille was fleeced because i think they were the best team in that group and they ended up getting fourth in it when it's all said and done so Man, go ahead i just want to say i didn't watch r- much marseille at all throughout throughout the group stages and obviously you know now we're moving we're going to be moving forward out of the group stages and i watched this entire match while at work and i couldn't stop watching because marseille were so much fun to watch attacking wise they were like relentless 
I thought they looked really good in the midfield. Gwen Doozy is a guy who at Arsenal I just found him super annoying. I but he's one of those him. guys. He's one of those guys when he's not playing against her team that you're just like, fuck, this dude's fun to watch. So I had a lot of fun watching them today, and I completely agree. I, th- I thought they, they they really did get fleeced, man. Like they uh, played really well. Ray Hudson, that oh. dude. He, he, there's times where his mic is so heavy that he's you can just hear him breathing, like yeah. excitedly breathing. I don't know yeah. if he has like a a mer- I don't know what's going on, but he's like. I, he's a peach. Absolutely. He said, <laughs> I forgot who put the shot on, but he said, oh, he missed by the hair of a frog. Yeah. And, and uh, I forget who he commentates with, but he goes, I've never seen a, a frog with hair. And he, he was like, I haven't either. I don't know why he said that. <laughs> yeah, he said that. And then uh, at the, the goal, so Hoybier got the game winning goal in like the Belt or... 94th minute. Dude was on a sprained ankle. He is... I mean, he's a Viking. Like he's yeah. legit. Yeah, Viking blood in him. Like he, the sprained ankles don't matter. Yeah. I have weak ankles. I'm out for three weeks. He sprains yeah. his ankle. He doesn't even get him taped up. But uh, he scored the goal, and literally, Ray said, "Olympic Marseille stretched out like spandex on Miami Beach." That's how he described their defense at the end of the game. And dude, it's like he's. He just gives, he gives, he gives, he gives. He really does, man. He really does. Oh, my God. That's a brilliant one. I'm going to need you to send me that. I might be posing <laughs> a little. Because it's funny. I, I feel like I've looked up, like, Ray Hudson quotes, like, some of his best ones. And it's always it always just goes to Messi, which he did a brilliant job of commentating on Messi when Messi was, like, really in his Barcelona prime. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was always Hudson. <laughs> So uh, El Clasico, everything like it was always him and amazing, amazing commentary. Yeah. But I, I want to try and put together a little a little catalog or a little article for the blog of, you know, maybe his Champions League quotes from this year. So, well, if you want that one, follow us on Bruce and Belters uh, or on Twitter at Bruce and Belters, because I posted that one on there with the video of it because it's that good. Uh, what? Because he, he usually gets the big games for CBS. Like he does a lot of PSG. And then he does a lot of Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like, is he just kind of the end all be all for CBS, or does he do like any other any other league? I guess in depth, kind of like some of these guys are midweek CBS guys for Champions League, but then they go to the Prem on on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, like I said, he'd always done. I, I always remember primarily hearing him um, for like the El Clasico matches and then Champions League here and there. So I'm assuming he's probably tied to cbs um i know la liga is now i think they're espn plus now so i don't know maybe he he hops over to espn plus but i've never seen him his name associated with them so i don't know i i would assume that he's just cbs but i'm not entirely sure so group d tottenham sporting frankfurt marseille as of 39 minutes into the game tottenham had dropped and so I have like a kind of a minutes thing based on the goals that were scored throughout the day. And there were seven different table changes throughout both games. So based on one team scoring, you know, Marseille would have dropped. So say at 39 sporting at 39 minutes into the both matches, sporting was at was first in then Tottenham Frankfurt was third. Marseille was fourth. And then say at the 54, Sporting was still where they are. Tottenham was still where they are. And it didn't really change, but then it fluxed. And then 62. So in essence, Tottenham went from second to third every 10 to 15 minutes. 
Okay. And Frankfurt went from third to fourth, third to fourth, and then up to first. And then they finished in second place and completely fleece Sporting and Marseille. Marseille is officially out of all Europe competition. And Sporting being in third, I think they go to like the playoff uh, to get into the Euros or into the Europa League. So, okay. yeah, pretty, pretty crazy time. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere of Marseille was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we were talking about the top guys announcing the game, but Marseille was laying off fireworks the night before. Uh, Harry Kane got the last laugh, uh, tweeted out the team photo after they were celebrating the locker room and said full-time uh, fireworks, and that was it. Like, dude, he's he's not even a shithouser, but love it. Uh, I mean, there was so much. Son, did you see that hit? That was a rough hit. Like, that was yeah. a shoulder. That dude, I don't even know who he he got whacked by, but that guy like just cleared Son to the point where I didn't think Son like broke his cheekbone or something, but I thought he was at least concussed. And yeah, he looked out of it. He looked like dazed, like like notably dazed. Um, yeah, and you he, hate to see that. I, I I would almost prefer to see that before World Cup because something like that, you know, I mean, I I hate to see a head injury, but you know that typically will be a little bit more precautionary precautionary than. You know, like if he had really screwed up his ankle or his knee or something like that prior well, to the World Cup. So. so that's the thing. I mean, there was quite a few good players. Like, I mean, not trying to skip too far ahead, but in Barca, like, I mean, you had Pablo Torre go down. They're like 19 year old wonder boy. He gets hurt. Frank Kessie got hurt in that game. Human Son. I mean, I'm not talking small time players. Like, Human Son is a talisman of the country and by far the best player in that whole region of the world. Yeah. And like for him to be possibly looking to not even make the World Cup, that's a huge blow. So yeah. that was that. That was that. Uh, I mean, Tottenham, man, like this is like four games in a row. Their first <laughs> half is just trash. Uh, There's no Conte on the sideline from the red card due to the piss poor for performance of a offsides position on Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was out of that with a red card. Uh, brought some subs on and they actually did some, they did some work. So when they, when, when Son got injured, they ended up going with Basumo and they went to three in the middle and kind of allowed Hoybier some creativity and along with Bentecor and Bentecor is, in my opinion, has been the best player for Tottenham this season. And I mean, he is, he's becoming box to box. Like he really is. Yeah. He's been good. And I mean, so I'm saying all this and everyone knows Tottenham won. But, I mean, it was woeful. It was dreadful. And I, not just from us, Marseille, I mean, us, not just from Tottenham, Marseille did not look that great at times. Their finishing wasn't that good. Alexis yeah. Sanchez looked 26. That was pretty impressive, in my opinion. Sanchez looked amazing. Um, and I, I can't think of the midfielder who played alongside Gwen Doozy the second half later in the match, but I thought he looked really good and smooth on the ball as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely finishing wise, they they could have potentially had two, maybe three goals. Uh, Marseille, I thought. So I forget when it was the eighty something minute, and uh, Hoybier from a Bentancor just out of his ass, just beautiful footwork through the through the ball in front, and it was tapped. I forget who cleared it out to Hoybier. Hoybier one time didn't hit the post. Yeah, and Tommy yep. had all the momentum at that point. Yep. and then. Marseille comes down and literally, I wouldn't say wide open net, but there was at least three to four feet 
between yeah. the post and Hugo Lloris, who was already in diving mode, and the ball went just wide. And yeah, it was a uh, uh, I can't even remember who it was Colos Colos Colosin Yeah, I can't remember his how he's been around, so he's yeah, been around for yeah. quite a while. But he was subbed on and just a dreadful miss. I mean, dreadful. he was with uh, he was with Arsenal, and I haven't been able to pronounce his name since Arsenal. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you you would have imagined he would have really loved to have scored that goal coming from Arsenal. Yeah, no, you would imagine. Uh, Harrit was the other guy that was playing with Genduzi and then uh, yeah. Veritao and Rongier, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking at him right now. And Eric Bailey also got injured real early, old Manchester United guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tottenham just didn't look good, but they squeaked out a victory and. That Hoybier goal, I mean, they were going to go through no matter what, but that Hoybier goal in the 94th minute ended up giving them first place, and that's huge because that means that they will play a second-place team in the next round. And it's huge for your boys at Liverpool, too, because there's a good possibility yeah. Tottenham would have been playing Liverpool as well since. Or did the, who, who won that? Because Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool um, came out on top. And, yeah, I was surprised. There were a lot of teams that were, like, really – putting their stars out there Bayern and Inter was already decided so I mean they didn't they didn't really put their their best feet forward um in that match and Bayern ended up winning 2-0 so um you know they they won anyway and and that's one and two in their group but yeah Liverpool um beat Napoli 2-0 it I want to say deserved um I mean Kavika sent in a really nice ball off a set piece found the head of a teammate who put it in it was called back and it was it was one of those ones where it's like when you're reviewing it through var yeah he's offside but i don't even know if that that needs to go to var it was that close it was it's kind of one of those situations and then uh mohammed salah scored and then darwin nunez scored on a header that um van dyke pretty he hit and uh, it, it got deflected, and it was going to go into the net anyway, and Nunez put a foot on it, um, basically to make sure that he beat the goalkeeper to it. And then VAR reviewed whether or not Nunez was offside, confirmed that he was not, um, and so they ended up scoring the, the second there. So and, um, and Nunez also had, in my opinion, I thought that was a goal. Like, the angle was kind of awkward, and that goal line technology, they didn't even show it, and... I thought Nunez got that goal that Salah ended up like pretty much chipping in and it was uh but it was the goalie saved it, but it was the ball was pretty much in because the reason why I'm saying this and like bitching about and pissing about points is because we've been pretty critical of Darwin Nunez the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. and he's going from, I'm not saying a flop, but I mean, I had him on there. I was he's, so high on this dude that yeah. I thought he was going to be the golden boot winner this year. And I thought he was kind of flopping. Um, but I mean, he's on pace for 20 goals in all competitions. Like that's, yeah, that's, I mean, you would have taken that for year one with Darwin Nunez at the beginning of the season. You would have taken that. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's picked it up a lot. He's, he's coming to form. Um, his first couple matches, I was a little bit critical. Just, I, I do think he's a little like clunky at times and his first touch isn't great, but I think he gets into dangerous places and I think he's only going to continue to get better and better as he gets used to the system. And as he gets used to playing with the people around him um, and just working off of them, I think, yeah. you know, in improvements to the midfield will help him tremendously as well, which hopefully we will make. 
Um, so yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing too, like beginning of the season, we were like, you know, it's going to take time for this guy to get his bearings. And then the season actually starts and it's like, Oh shit, he's not popping in goals when he should. And, you know, we start to, uh, we start to criticize a little bit and, uh, and now he's starting to, to, to settle in. So, so you uh, guys, you guys have beat Man City. You've beat, the darlings of the Syria, our darlings, actually, not just Syria darlings, our darlings. I'm going to take ownership of Napoli. The um, world's darlings, yeah. But you can't beat Leeds, you can't beat Nottingham Forest over the weekend. Like, what, like, are you, like, what is this roller coaster like right now for you? Um, yeah, it, it pretty much feels like every other match. And that's kind of what our cadence has been. Um, you know, we, we went through a streak where we were shit in the prem and then we come in and beat the brakes off Rangers. And then we go back and, you know, we have a shit match in the prem, um, come back and play well in champions, another shit match in the prem, come back and beat man city, um, lose to Leeds, come back and beat Napoli. Like it. Yeah. I mean, inconsistency is probably the best word to describe it. It's, and that, and that goes to with injured players, you know, with not having the same three or four attacking players up top, with not having a solidified midfield, um, having to rely on younger players, having to rely on older players, James Milner, um, Henderson as he's aging, Tiago as he's aging. I mean, our options right now in midfield are three players over 30 or two players um, – under 21, you know, with Curtis Jones, I think Curtis Jones is 21 and then Harvey Elliott's 19. Like yeah. those are our options in, in midfield. We need a, a 26, 27 year old in their prime or, you know, even a, a 24, 25 year old just in their prime. You know, um, you know who has those guys, Leicester city. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's ransack the team. Let's go. <laughs> I've been wanting to for about three or four years. I've wanted Yuri Tielemans um for uh, probably three years and it just you know fsg just really hasn't opened up the pocketbooks for a midfielder we'll make a sexy signing for you know three forwards but uh yeah. we will not buy a midfielder uh so. you and klopp your favorite boy var stepped in yep took took it away from my boy kavara and yeah. that was a peach of a pass by the way yeah, and really a was. great great header and it was literally like sleeve length offsides on this call and it, i mean this would have been the first goal of the game and it would have been napoli's yeah. and i mean i think i think it would have been far different had napoli been awarded that goal but they weren't kudos to them uh you okay with the bar decision it looked looked clean in my opinion it was yeah just so yeah like i mean like i said it's yeah it it is offside but like this is the issue people have with VAR is like VAR should be used when it's like, oh, fuck, that looked like it might have been an issue. Whereas right now it's being used where it's like, oh, fuck, they just scored on us and there's potential that maybe he could have been offside. I really have no realistic idea whether or not he was. So let me throw a hand up and see if maybe we can we can get a fucking call. And, you know, we see this happen constantly. It's It's not. It, it's not one team specific. Like everyone, if there is any iota that it, that that it could be close, you know, the team scored on throws their hands up and they say, "Hey, let's let's take a look at that," and then they do. 
Yeah. Um, and then it gets reviewed. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know this cause I'm not around professional footballing teams, but I'm assuming that their coaches are telling the defenders that if it's a 50, 50, you know, based on your line of your peripheral line, if it's a 50, 50, you're meant you're being taught to like put your shoulder down because that's what matters is where your arm is. It's not necessarily where your hand is. It's where your arm and your actual Jersey is. So if you're bending your shoulder down, you're going to be able to contort your body. And as a defender, like, I don't, I hope that they don't do that, but I feel like that's something that's being coached right now. Is this a, is this a math word problem? No, no, this is, this is a conspiracy theory is what this is. I think you need to be so. hired by every club in the prem to teach this. Actually, oh, I this is dark. Would. This is dark magic. <laughs> this is unsacred mathematics. Oh, if I got that work position, you wouldn't know what I would do. It'd be so- <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I got a, I got a few other things up my sleeve. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I don't want to change subjects, but I'm going no, to. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Ajax Rangers, Rangers, uh, the Piss Boys, not <laughs> not just of the it of the year, boys. but of the, I mean, of all time. Like their goal differential was awful, absolutely awful. Which is so sad because the Ra- Rangers aren't that bad of a team. I don't think like they aren't, and they just got manhandled in this, and it was just, yeah. They That's a tough group. I mean, under- we, we look at that group, and Ajax had negative five goal differential and six points. Yeah, I mean, they, they had two wins against Rangers, and that was that. It, that, so. that was Ajax's only wins. Yeah, yeah. Against Rangers, yeah. So. I mean, that's that's a really tough group. One of the one of the harder groups, in my opinion, in um, in this year's Champions League, with the exception of probably of Group C with Bayern, Inter, and uh, Barcelona. Yeah. So Keegs in a uh, six matches you guys have picked up 15 points uh but in 12 matches you've picked up 16 points in the premier league how does that make you feel mathematics yeah pretty terrible uh way too much math for me to figure out but i know it's not good and again it just i think it just comes down to inconsistency inconsistency defensively as well and and that's not even you know i mean that's not even to say that we're bad defensively. We are just inconsistent and we shut off at moments and that's all you need. I mean, look at Leeds. One terrible back pass from Joe Gomez completely changes that match. Um, one moment of of not closing down on a through ball, um, you know, gives them their second goal after we put four or five shots on, on that Melier saves and then they come back and the first time they've had possession in, you know, five to 10 minutes of game time, they get one run and play one ball through and you don't close in fast enough. I mean, there's three defenders around him and Tiago is the one who closes in quickest on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't close that down fast enough and he gets a little toe poke off that goes in. And credit to him, it was a good goal. You know, he 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 scrapped and and got. Are a you are you talking about Rodrigo or Somerville's goal? I'm talking about Somerville's goal. Yeah, I mean, Rodrigo's was... Rodrigo's was just a dog shit ball back, so... just being off the same page. But but what it comes to is, you know, you can defend well for eighty nine and a half minutes, but if you have those lapses of of five seconds, you know, defensively at two different points throughout the match. 
that's all that really matters, you know? And, yeah. and, and that's the thing right now is everyone wants to talk about how poor Liverpool's defense is, how bad Trent Alexander-Arnold is, how Virgil van Dijk isn't his former self. And it's like, when you look at the matches that we've lost or the draws that we've had that should have been wins, it's typically just a quick moment of, you know, four or five seconds of, oh shit, that's a mistake. One mistake in the back and it completely changes the match or two mistakes in the bat and it completely changes the match. And when you add that up, I mean, that's 10 seconds of game time out of an hour and a half, but that's all that it takes sometimes. And that's why you have to be perfect defensively. And, and that's something that we have been in former years that we're not right now. Um, so I can't remember, I can't remember if it was sky sports or if it was uh, NBC sports, I can't remember what, company had this but they had before brentford i think it was before brentford and chelsea i think it was before but it was uh the managers of both both gaffers and they allowed them to interview each other and literally ask candid questions to, to each other i thought it was awesome and it was like hmm. a, a four to five minute conversation and both of them are asking each other's questions and like the one from brentford brentford's manager asked grand potter do you specifically try and change up your system week to week based on your players or based on your opponent and stuff like that? And like, I want to get more into this next week when we're talking more Chelsea, but uh, one of the things Grand Potter that I think is relevant to what you're saying, Grand Potter said is that uh, when he asked a question to the Brentford manager, it's like, Hey, coming up from championship to premier league, what are the biggest differences? And the two that I took away that he brought up where he was like, it is just so fast paced compared to regular. That's one thing. And then the other thing that he said that really like stuck with me is uh, kind of what you were talking about, how he's like in the championship, you turn the ball over. It is what it is. But in the premier league, if you make a mistake, you're, you're punished for it yeah. like, every time. Yeah. So like consistency where that's what the best teams in the premier league where Tottenham is not this, the, the best teams in the Premier League are consistent on a regular yeah. basis. They're kind of like machines. Like, that's why Man City is so good because they're mm -hmm. coached so well. Their mm -hmm. players are top class and they perform and they do their duty the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. And so it was, it was, it wasn't like eye opening. Like, I mean, we all know that, but it was just cool to hear like a coach from Brentford be like, oh, yeah. Like, when you, when we turn the ball over, we're screwed. Like, yeah. at all times. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it makes it a little bit more real. It's it's like a very realistic reminder, like, oh, this isn't just something we're seeing as like a couple people who sit hop on a podcast once a week and just, you know, talk about soccer for our own enjoyment. Like somebody whose career rides on this is yeah. is you know, talking about how important that is. So And what's uh, upsetting is that's a Brentford coach saying that. And honestly, I bet if you put if you compare to everyone's stats based on uh, turnovers within like X, X amount of distance from their goal, I bet Liverpool's up there. Like yeah. Liverpool does not value the ball within like a 35, 40 yard radius of their box. I feel yeah. like, like yeah. they're, they cough it up quite a bit. And that's, I mean, you have world class players, but if you don't keep the ball, what's it matter? You know? Yeah. It's been the biggest issue. And like you said, I mean, that's something that a city doesn't do. That's something that, you know, this Arsenal squad that we've seen this year doesn't do. Um, and if they do, they have somebody, you know, tracking to cover their back. Do so you, do you think Arsenal, 
do you think Arsenal, if they were in the Champions League right now, do you think they'd be up there with the best in the world right now with the way they're playing? Yeah, I do. Um, I think they're better than the majority of the teams in the Champions League uh, for the most part. Okay. So I think it would just depend, you know, on their their draw, uh, on their group. You know, a, a group like Group C, say you threw them in for Victoria Pilsen, I think they'd beat Barcelona. I think they... I think they're better than Inter right now. I don't mm. know. Um, I don't know necessarily that they would get through over Inter. You know, they've been out of the Champions League for a couple of years. Yeah, maybe that you know that European stage experience would would help push Inter through. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but I think they'd be kind of neck and neck with a team like them. So, so Group B is Porto, Club Bruges, Leverkusen, Atletico Madrid. Uh, Porto with 12 points, they were the class of the group, and then Club Bruges, which was in full control for most of it, yeah. ended up uh slipping in the second, which is uh kind of upsetting for them, I would say, because they're gonna have a tougher matchup next. But then, uh, Group C, where you're talking about Bayern, Inter, Barcelona, uh, Victoria Pilsen, and that's exactly how it ended with uh, Barcelona going to the Europas and Inter Bayern on to the next round with 18 and 10, respectively. Uh, anything that you saw from Bayern recently? I mean, because they look unbeatable, in my opinion. Chupo Moting, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, their depth is... Bell Belter. Yeah. 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 Uh, their depth, I think, is really impressive. I mean, they've got several options in the midfield. They've got really good wingers. Um, but, I mean, just midfield-wise, you know, Goretzka, Musiala, Sabitzer... Um, you can throw Graven, Gravenberg in there. Um, you can move Kimmich up to play in the midfield if you want to. They did that today. Actually, they had him playing like a defensive mid. On the wings, you got Gnabry, um, Sané. You can throw in Coleman, Mane. Like, they, they just have limitless options, it feels like, yeah, um, all over the pitch, and they always do. I mean, they constantly re-up. They're constantly signing new players. They're constantly absorbing players. You know, the, the best players in the in the Bundesliga always want to go to Bayern, and they always seem to pick them up. So, um, yeah, I, I think that they appear to be one of the best teams in the Champions League right now. Um, I'm interested to see what happens here in the in the knockout rounds. So that's what's so cool about this this Champions League specifically is because Bayern's in, Eintracht Frankfurt, we talked about, walked in with Tottenham and Group D. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's two Bundesliga. And then you're looking at, I mean, we'll talk more about foreshadowing for tomorrow, but it looks like Leipzig is in the driver's seat to take it. And then also Dortmund is as well in Group G. So yeah. when you're looking at four of the 16 teams. You know, that's a, that's a heavy percentage is all going to be Bundesliga compared to you know, it's La Liga and even Serie A for, to that extent. So, yeah, Bundes- Bundesliga showed out. Uh, Frankfurt first time in the round of sixteen. Uh, good for them. Um, yeah, coming off of a, a Europa League championship, and they did not look great their first couple matches the group stage. So, nah, uh, it's it's it, it's been impressive to see them kind of crawl back and and work their way through. Any anything you look for tomorrow with Group D or yeah, uh, excuse me, Day Two. Uh, so we're doing the pod a day early, so we're not going to get the day day two update uh, tomorrow. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, here we are. You know, we're Keeks was bleeding last week. I'm <laughs> I'm traveling this week. Like it's we've been we haven't we're just been a, we're just clawing through it. Yeah, we're just clawing. That's all for we you can guys. Do. For all yep. of you. <laughs> for, for you. Uh <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to so right now groupie sits Chelsea's through. Uh they've got 10 points. They play against Dynamo, Zagreb. And then Milan and RB Salzburg play against each other. Milan's in second with seven points. Huge, huge game. Salzburg, yeah. Salzburg in third with six. So um, a draw or a win, AC Milan is through. If Salzburg win, they're through. So Yeah, so they're huge. They're playing each other, and there's a one-goal differential. Um, so had that had they not been playing each other, that would actually come into effect, the goal differential, uh, but or goal differentiation. Um, but since that is not, uh, yeah, Salzburg just has to literally take care of business. So, yeah, yeah. And that's at in Milan too. So, yep. Um, and then RB Leipzig and uh, Shakhtar Donetsk play each other as well. In, in, Wars- in Warsaw, Poland. In Warsaw, Poland. Uh, which is a huge match because so Real Madrid leads Group F 10 points. Um, Leipzig have nine points, Shakhtar six. So with a win, Shakhtar could match Leipzig on points. Um, they are two goals ahead as well on goal differential. So if they beat Leipzig, they will also be through um, this time on on sharing nine points and on goal differential. Um, Group C, Man City's already through. Uh, they play against Copenhagen and then, oh no, excuse me. They play against Sevilla and then Dortmund play against Copenhagen. So unless Sevilla beats Manchester city and Dortmund lose to Copenhagen by like, it literally has to be by a sum of like nine goals. Um, Dortmund and Man City will both be through. And then group H PSG and Benfica are both through, uh, with 11 points each. So. Really, the main the main matches to watch out for are Shakhtar and uh, and Leipzig and then AC Milan Salzburg. You're on mute, Tobes. I have such good jokes to say. Uh, Group G <laughs> needs like a legit, simply orange gravity bong to get this thing going for Sevilla yeah. to, to leapfrog Dortmund. I don't see yeah. that happening um, with with Group H, <laughs> PSG and Benfica. Yeah, they're both in definitely, but first place does matter, and yeah. Juve plays PSG. So, uh, if they can get anything going, Juve against PSG, Benfica, I think will will take on uh, Maccabi Haifa and take them out. Uh, and I, I still see PSG being first in this group, but you never know. Like if Benfica can squeak through, I mean they're they're looking pretty good. Benfica is, uh, it's they're like one of those darlings, and it's not. I wouldn't even, I, I think that's inappropriate to call them darlings because they were here last year in the round of 16. Yeah. Just, that's like Bruges has been pretty good and Porto has been pretty good over the last couple of years. Like these yeah. are, these teams are becoming the 20, you know, like our generation's Ajax. Like they're becoming like the up and coming all the time in the Champions League teams. And I think that's good for the whole, for the whole world when it comes to sports. Let's let's yeah. just talk about world sports. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I actually don't even have um, you know really much more besides that. I, I think PSG 
So I think realistically, PSG is probably going to rest a ton of players. Um, one, just because they're already through. Two, with the World Cup coming up, I think a player like Messi is going to set the tone and be like, hey, I'm not fucking playing against um, Juve tomorrow if we're already through. Oh, you, you think that's going to happen? And I think Neymar is going to be the, have the same attitude and probably Mbappe and uh well Marco Verratti you don't have to worry about because Italy aren't playing in the World Cup and and is Sergio Ramos did he clean off his makeup since he was in full Halloween gear last night I don't know if you saw that that was viral right now everyone's like all about it so what what did he dress up as uh it looked just like I can't remember like a vampire zombie type thing. It was just like mostly face makeup and you wouldn't even know it was him. He had like some wig on as well. And then he was with a very attractive woman. So I'm assuming his wife partner. I don't know. Hopefully his sister. I hope he is not surrounded by beautiful women. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Sergio Ramos, not Neymar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, sure. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. This is, this isn't an Everton podcast either. So we're, we're all good. So, Wow. All right. What speaking, else we got, Tobes? Speaking of Everton, let's get into the Premier League. Everton squeaked out a 0-0 against Fulham. Nothing to talk about there. Uh, I want to let everyone know that's listening to this podcast. I care about you all. Um, this is the one week where time change is kind of weird. So all the games are starting an hour right. later this week until we have our time change on Sunday. And then uh, the following week will be different. So, Isn't um, it weird that like one half of the world starts daylight saving, like as if anyone understands daylight savings on top of that, we have half the world do it like a week before the rest of the world. Yeah. Dude. Really I, wild. I thought we saw they had daylight savings because of like farmers and shit, but farmers pretty much farm all, but like three hours of the day, you know, it's pretty much midnight to 3 AM. They don't farm, but besides that, they're always farming. And so I'm like, what, what do we even need daylight savings for anymore at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know enough about um, just the, about the, time zones the, and, 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 and uh, the world <laughs> and and things. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about things to really understand that. Well, I think you do know a little bit about Nottingham Forest. They look like <sighs> trash. Arsenal just bludgeoned them. Yeah. Should we be worried? I mean, Arsenal's looking very good. Should Arsenal fans be worried that Jesus has not been producing over the last like five or six games? I don't know. Eh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I, I think they have enough weapons. And I think that is what makes them so dangerous is they have enough weapons where Gabriel Jesus can go cold and somebody else can go on a heater. Martinelli can go on a heater. I think he and Odegaard both scored um, against Forrest. Like, I, I, you know, Emil Smith Rowe, um, Saka, you know, I mean, they, they just have options where I think they could use a, a good, you know, backup striker um, just as a second option and, and just a security. But I think they have enough options attacking wise. Yeah. That they don't need to worry about that. If he gets a little bit cold, he's good enough where uh, he can be a link up guy. And he can create some interplay and just focus on that. And I, I think Arteta's got to be smart enough to sit, realize if he's struggling to put the ball in the back of the net to say, hey, just go out and create, um, set other people up. And then mm-hmm. that's just naturally going you know, to lead to more confidence if he can do that. 
and then that's going to lead to more goals. So, no, I, I really don't think that that's an issue at all. I think they're good enough all the way through 1 through 11 where that won't be a, an issue for them. So another issue, Brighton, Chelsea. I got two Ooh. things on this. Uh, first and foremost, Raheem Sterling has not been very good at Chelsea. Like he had a few moments. Do you think he deserves a World Cup call up? I mean, just based. I mean, because at that point, just be based on his merit, not even based on, or excuse me, not on his merit. Just be based, or yeah, his merit. It wouldn't be based on his performance. So. Yeah, I do. Um, because of what he did at the Euros, I thought he was one of England's better players at the Euros. And I think he's been one of England's more dangerous players. Um, I know in, in the World Cup, uh, previous World Cup, he was criticized a little bit for his finishing ability, but I think he's gotten better as a finisher over the years. Obviously, I don't think he's been stellar this season, but he was really good last year. And... Um, I just think he was good enough in the Euros to to earn a trip. Okay. Uh, Chelsea, so they ended up losing that game pretty pretty badly, uh, pretty poorly. And uh, Loftus-Cheek and Chalaba both own goals. I literally think because they both had own goals in that, that allowed Eric Ten Hag to start Harry Maguire from Manchester United <laughs> the next day. Like, I, I'm not – that's not a conspiracy. I think that's just logic. The monkey was off his shoulder. I'm not going to own goal. Someone else already owned gold. Chelsea did it twice. Don't worry about it. You can play your game. And Great bit of management. Great bit of management. So Chelsea, by the way, not looking that great management-wise, but United, I mean, they're they're the team on the heater. Them in Newcastle yeah. right now in the Premier League. And United played West Ham final game of the weekend against uh, West Ham, and uh, Rashford looked awesome. They had those dope ass warm ups. Did you see those things? Yeah, yeah, they were good. Like yeah. I don't even know what they said on them. Didn't matter. Yeah, Cristiano nice. Ronaldo. They made Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, esophagus and his Adam's apple. <laughs> his Adam's that apple much really, really yeah, poked was, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony was nowhere to be seen. Uh, is was he pulled because of the three sixties? He was. Doing I mid-week. really hope not. That shit is so fucking corny. How people made a huge deal about that and not the bleached hair not, <laughs> not the bleached hair which was fire by the way the only thing missing on that is paul pogba rest in peace i guess he got a setback he's not gonna make the world yeah. cup yeah we, we can talk bummer. about we can have a whole podcast just on paul pogba i'm yeah. all for it but paul pogba used to have the dopest flame hair when he was at manchester united yeah that's what anthony needs and for him to have that and still be benched for doing 360s it's Man United in a nutshell, man. They just really don't respect that flair. They really don't respect that swagger. Yeah. What? So, what'd you think of the midfield with Erickson, Casemiro, and uh, uh, Fernandez? Bruno. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good mix. Um, I think that's a great mix, by the way. Casemiro. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively is is what they've been needing for a long time, and he really seems to be hitting his stride. And I think that's why them you know, as a team are, are sort of hitting the form that they are. They've resolved that issue back there where it was McFred for a bit. And now they've got Casemiro settling in, getting used to the team. You got Erickson who can pick out a pass from anywhere on the pitch. And then you've got Bruno who will take some chances. And, and Bo- Both of them, Bruno and Erickson, yeah. will do a 40-yard dime, 60-yard yeah. dime even. No problem. Uh, I, I thought they were – really good 
and I actually thought Harry Maguire was good. Like their defense looks sound. Uh, Diego Dello or Dallet, 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 Dello, Dello. Yeah, that's yeah. how I was right the first time. Uh, 23 year old Portuguese wingback. He's been having a great season and finally living up to Jose Mourinho's calling when they signed him. He's he's just added a whole nother dimension to that team. And yeah, he's, I'm I'm happy for him because uh. I mean, I think the world is a better when Manchester United is good. I think that's like kind of like the Yankees in the MLBs. Like, I think you need United to be a top four contender every year. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And I also think you need Cristiano Ronaldo to be benched, walk out, and then come back and just be like a phoenix in Harry Potter and just rise (laughs) from the ashes. And I mean, they're turning right now. They are, Keith. Yeah, they really are. They're in fourth place right now, and they look really good. Uh, or fifth place, excuse me. Um, they're a point behind Newcastle. But, yeah, they look solid. I And I, I think that's the thing. Casemiro there to provide a little bit of security in the back. Bringing in Harry Maguire off the bench. I mean, to have the luxury to do that against a team like West Ham where you feel like you're in enough control, where you can bring in a liability on the back line there, uh, is, a, is a good place to be as a club. And yeah, I mean, it's just been a project, like you said, since since Jose was there. Uh, he deserves probably absolutely no credit for this, but uh, I do think it's funny to throw him out there. But um, you know, players like Dallo, like you mentioned, like struggled for a couple years. Obviously, he's only twenty three now, but he feels like he's really coming into his own. Backline looks solid. Casemiro's fitting in well, and then when you got players like Erickson and Bruno who can create with the speed and talent that they have up top. I mean, if Rashford can, can slot in a finish on a, a brick where a ball through from Bruno or Erickson, they're going to score. They're going to continue to score and they've been really solid in the back. So um, yeah, they're in fifth Newcastle in fourth Tottenham, two points above Newcastle in third right now. And then uh, up top, you got Arsenal with 31 points and Man City with 29. So we won't talk about where Liverpool's at in the table. No, we. I don't think we need to. The only thing I would like to talk about the Liverpool Leeds game is Jesse Marsh's. Yeah, stupid little Sally. Uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I paused on purpose. Uh, I thought it was awesome, dude. It was. I'm like, sure I would have thought it was awesome if it wasn't. You know, if, he, uh, if it was like going into the stands, if it wasn't uh, a late winner against yeah, Liverpool, going, going, going to the North end, just chanting three times in a row. That's what you're into, but you're not into some dude, like acting like his hands on fire for four <laughs> seconds and then fist pumping a whole bunch. Nah, I'm totally into it. Yeah, dude, just not my thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Super disappointing match. And again, I I think it just goes back to that consistency. We already talked about it, so I won't, I won't harp on it much, but you just can't make those mistakes. And when you make two in a match, you don't deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't matter what else you do. You don't, you don't deserve a win. So, so Leeds was four losses in a row and then got that uh, monkey off their back with top or with uh, Liverpool. Um, So they are officially in 15th place. Uh, with you know, Bournemouth, West Ham, Everton, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and then your Liverpool ahead of them. Uh, a lot going on in the Premier League right now, a lot going on this weekend before World Cup action. 
the team that's most surprising me still to this day is Newcastle. Um, I was expecting a lot from West Ham, and they're kind of trash right now. And the same with Leicester, but West, I, Newcastle just looks so good, and Almiron continues to be literally a Bella Dior finalist. Like he looks awesome. He has seven goals. How many does Jack Graylish have? Do you know off the top of your head, Keeks? One goal. Whoa! I I did. We did. This is just totally organic, too. By the way, all the listeners out there, I did not hold up anything. This is just <laughs> Keeks. Just knows. No, I just knew. He yeah, he one. has that great. He he literally Keeks has a poster on Graylish his wall. Tracker. Oh, it's it's Graylish's calves with a tracker on it. <laughs> like that's all it is. Every, every goal, his calf gets bigger too. And it's right next to my calf raising machine. Yeah. <laughs> his motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, one, Graylish has been a dud Two, Almiron's just been amazing. And Newcastle has, has really come together. And it's like, you know, they made some signings, but it's not like they went out and splashed a crazy amount of cash. I mean, Trippier has been huge. Gr- Grimaris has been huge. Isaac was a great signing. But, yeah, you know, got injured. banged up and yeah. stuff. I mean, so it's it's really been a lot of these guys. You know, Willock uh, has been great. Almiron's been great. It's like just surrounding some of those pieces that they already had with one or two new guys has really, really changed things for them. And it's it's been fun to watch. Eddie, Eddie Howe, I think we all knew he was like a Graham Potter. Like he's like a, a really good coach. Like he controls his locker room. He's good tactically. And he can like talk to in front of the cameras when he needs to. So he can work at a bigger club if he needed to. Um, but I do not think that when, or Eddie Howe, I don't know if I said Eddie Howe, yeah, yeah. but Eddie Howe, when he, when he goes into it, I don't think he's expecting as much from Almarone, from Joe Limpton. Yeah. And then also from uh, St. Maximum. I don't think he was expecting as much like maybe St. Maximum, just because yeah. that dude is pretty much Gucci, even though Jack Graylish, and maybe that's the whole smear campaign with Almerhun, is that he was that pissed off about the Gucci. Did I just come up? With Did something? you just come? Up? Yeah, yeah. Hit the uh, hit the Discord immediately. Hit the Reddit immediately. <laughs> We're going. We're going. Oh my god! Uh, but I did not. I don't think he expected this much from them. And those yeah. three are Newcastle through and through. You score a goal you're kissing the badge kind of Newcastle. That's those three guys. And I don't think he was expecting what he's getting from them. And damn, it's pretty cool to see actually. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, last year with, with all the drama surrounding that club, um, I wanted them relegated. Yeah. With the money coming in to, to think that we're here now. Yeah. Um, maybe we're just very easily manipulated by, you know, media and, uh, and, and beautiful football. Whoa. And, and we're just sitting <laughs> man we're getting into too many conspiracy theories we got to cut it off tonight uh this is why you don't start the podcast late typically we start much earlier in the evening no much now, earlier um, I, i'm about ready to nosebleed right now <laughs> this is about that time of the podcast with kings was bleeding last time so no but really i mean if you would have told me like a year ago that we would be like oh fuck yeah newcastle's a blast to watch i'm happy for him I don't, I don't think we would, I think we'd have been like, what are you talking about? Uh, so no, it's, it, it has been really enjoyable to see them put together the squad that they have. And especially with those guys who have been there, um, sort of bleeding through some shitty years with them to see them be pivotal 
and what they're doing rather than them just bringing in, you know, a whole brand new starting 11 with the money they've got mm-hmm. uh, to see the way they've done. It has actually been really refreshing and, and enjoyable to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so this weekend, uh, Saturday games, there's not an early morning game, but there's a uh, Nottingham Forest, Brentford, Wolves, Brighton, Leeds, United, Bournemouth, pretty much all the battle of the bastards. Uh, then we got city Fulham. Uh, those are all the 10 o'clock central games. And then we have Everton Lester in prime time. And then that's it for Saturday. So is it Sunday any, stacked? Do any of those games jump out to your board, the Everton Lester or city Fulham? I think um, Everton Lester could be a good match from like a matchup standpoint. Like, Lester's like, looking like good right now. Two. Yeah, Lester's looking good. And Everton kind of bounced back a little bit um, after a couple of rough weeks. They, uh, I mean, they drew with Fulham last week, but prior to that, um, they came out and beat Crystal Palace 3 0. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they, they had a couple of rough weeks there uh, where they just could, couldn't really click. But I think that they've looked better here these last two weeks. So I think that'll be a good match with Lester, who has been much, much better um in recent weeks man city fulham i think will be a great match because mitrovic is going to have a hat trick and it's just going to be him and holland trading goals back and forth i would love that it's going to end three three or four three um you know that man city back line as good as they are they aren't going to have an answer for the uh for the americans nikola Jokic of the of the premier league who is alexander mitrovic okay i was thought you were going to go with the Americans with Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson, but yeah. no, absolutely not. No. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I guess we're still going on this. Uh, what about Sunday? Do you have the schedule in front of you for Sunday? Sunday's insane. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, just start from the beginning. We got Arsenal, Chelsea, 6 a.m. Cannot wait. Um, Villa United. will good maybe game. Be decent. Yeah. If Villa continues with their form since, uh, since Stevie G left. And then, Southampton, Newcastle. I expect Newcastle to handle things well there, but um, you never know. JWP and and Co. Uh, could give them a run for their money, and then West Ham Palace, Darlings. Nice, yeah, very nice matchup. Uh, West Ham struggled a little bit this year, so would love to see Palace uh, roll through them. But I think that'll be, probably be a good match. Palace has been a little bit inconsistent off and on, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up at ten thirty a.m. Central. The Slump Buster. The slump buster game for Liverpool. <laughs> you need to get off a slump. What's your what's your medicine, Doctor uh, Doctor Tottenham? Yeah, Tottenham. we'll see about that. We'll see about that. So we've struggled scoring goals. Um, yeah, from we don't time to time. So we don't show up for games. So what's the matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's a hell of a match day on Sunday. Yep, and uh, we will have next week. We might run down a. A quick amount of Champions League uh, since we will have the final 16 uh, teams into that round and kind of go from there. Uh, follow us on Bruise and Belters on Twitter, Instagram. We have all the information. We were very in, we were in the mud today, weren't we? Yeah. Like just, t- there was a lot going on. It was a good day for the Bruise and Belters. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a fun day at Champions League and tomorrow is going to be a fun, fun day as well with a couple big matches. So, um yeah follow us at bruise and belters twitter and instagram and then working on more stuff for the website as well so that will be coming soon what what's the website on keeks again one more time 
Uh, it's urban chauffeur, or excuse me, underground chauffeur.com. Um, and then you'll just go to the, the soccer section there. So. Yeah. And uh, if you follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, we will have it. Uh, have link the link there. will be in the, yeah, in the, uh, the, profile we are not paying but if you guys want to give us money on our venmo we will uh blue check ourselves now that yeah. twitter is allowing us to pay for that so yeah. that's a that's an opportunity we will there. pay for clout yeah oh absolutely yeah <laughs> we'll pay for that we'll pay for ciders and we pay for i don't even like <laughs> ciders but we'll pay for ciders and then ipas of course ipas yeah so. yeah. yeah i love that you threw ciders out there just for no yeah reason. why not right yeah all right, that's all I got. We're approaching an hour here. Um, anything else from you, Tobes? Uh, very quickly, I don't really have a cheer. Um, Belter oh. was Belter was Hoybier. We already talked about yep. that. Yep. Um, I do have a boo, and that is for the MLS Cup. I didn't even know what was going on this week. That's how unfortunate the MLS is to me in my world right now. <laughs> um, but I think it's LAFC and Kansas City, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you know that off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know that. I was thinking it was Philadelphia Union, but I could be wrong. That makes more sense to me. Um, but I will keep talking while you look that yeah, up. LAFC Philadelphia. Okay, there we go. I was halfway. You were halfway. We meet yeah. in the middle, and it's good. Uh, pretty much Kansas City. Uh, MLS Cup is taking place the same time as USC on Saturday. And so there is no parking for the MLS championship game evidently they're not going to have uh, any parking and so they're requiring all fans to take the metro in los angeles which doesn't it makes no sense but it makes all the sense in the world at the same yeah, time yeah right so, yeah yeah but that's my boo not, not much of a boo it's just like <laughs> no that is kind of hilarious though. i mean i'm thir- i'm 35 years old i go somewhere and there's no parking it just ruins my day like not, not having parking somewhere ruins a day having to walk multiple blocks i'm i'm officially rolling my skinny jeans so i i show the ankles so no yeah. the ankles i have to wear ankle socks with shoes that do not re- that need more than ankle socks so i get blisters <laughs> so i can't be walking multiple blocks and that's where i'm at right now in my life so oh that's beautiful toby i think that's Petty. a beautiful way to end it I, I have no booze and no cheers i'll give a cheer to your boo because that was that was brilliant. So, love it. Do you have a belter? It. Uh, nope. no, it was Hoy beer. Yeah. Oh, um, although Antonio Candreva, the old boy from Empoli, uh, they beat Napoli over the weekend and he had a beautiful chip. Um, I think he's like 36 years old now, has had quite Ooh. a career in Serie A. Um, and yeah, that's a huge win for Empoli to beat Lazio. And that was a peach of a goal. So. Uh, Lazio is like top four, aren't they right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're so that, they're way higher. Up. Yeah. It's a big one. So, uh, yeah, that that's not a belter, but a beautiful goal um, since Hoy Beer was, was my belter. So Bruise belters and chips. I've been yep. saying that for years. Yeah. Let's do yep, it. Yep, yep. 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 That's another sponsorship opportunity there. So we'll, we'll figure out some chips we want. We'll roll from there. <laughs> yeah. We'll take anything. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers.